KBCS is powered by listeners just like you. Support this and other KBCS stories, interviews, and highlights by donating at our website, kbcs.fm. KBCS HD1 Bellevue, Seattle, Tacoma, a broadcast service of Bellevue College since 1973. I'm Yuko Kodama. Bellevue College's Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion houses the campus-wide restorative practices program, hosting 20 faculty and staff who are trained as restorative facilitators. The program is grounded in the principles of community building, building and restoring trust, preventing and repairing harm, active accountability, and inclusive decision-making. The Restorative Practices Director, Michelle Strange, describes working through a restorative case, discusses accountability, and adds how Audrey Lord's words of wisdom fit into restorative practice. So with accountability, what are some questions that one might ask themselves? You know, like, wow, I said something to my uh, nephew that upset them. What do I think about before I, you know, because I need to sort this out in my head before I go to them. And could you go through some of the things that might be good to think about? Yeah. I'll start by saying it doesn't always have to be that the person who was harmed or your nephew in this example saying, hey, I'm hurt, right? You might just know, like, oops, this thing. Sometimes it's even more impactful when you start that conversation as a person who was harmed to say, hey, I'm thinking about this thing. Self-reflection is important. I often tell people that I'm working with to think about their stuff, especially if they cause the harm, to process in certain ways that I'll explain. And if you're not able to say something in the moment, you can still say something. This harm happened. Like name the actual harm with words. We just got Zoom bombed. Wow. I want to just take a second to just name that that happened and resist the white supremacist urge to go on with business as usual because I know that if I do, I'll be leaving people behind. And I don't want to do that. But I need a minute because I don't know what to do right now. Like that level of transparency and just naming can be really helpful in healing in that space, in that context. Then after that, people might come and meet with me to say, I I did something. I talked to my nephew a certain way, right? So I walked them through some prompts to consider. One, what happened from your experience? What have you been thinking about since then? Because what happened and then the space between that and now you know, worlds apart. So what have you been thinking about since then? That gives me a sense of where your head is at, where your heart is at in terms of accountability, in terms of impact. So then I go to some impact questions. How has this affected you? You're a person in this, right? You caused a harm, but you might also feel a way about the harm you caused. So let's unpack that. How is this affecting you? All right, now how is this affecting the other person, your nephew? How do, how do you think they're impacted? Then I might ask uh, questions about what they think is the root cause of this issue. Like, what, how do we get here? I might ask them to process things that they think would be helpful 
to make things right and rebuild the trust. Because so often it's put on the person who was harmed to do that work. All right, can you lead the task force now on your people who were harmed? You know, you, you got the life subject expertise. Now, certainly, we want to uplift the people who were harmed and ask them directly, like, what things do you need, right? But I think it makes a big difference when the person who caused the harm has done that self-reflection to process their impact and say, here's some things that I was thinking that I want to offer that I can do for myself in terms of I need to read a book, <laughs> I need to consult with some people, or these are some things that I can do with our relationship to not only repair the harm, but also rebuild the trust because so often when we're talking about conflict and harm, it's between groups that have already been working together, right? It's families, it's partners, it's friends, it's communities, it's, you know, the classroom. We, we are going to be together for some time or working groups, right? So it's not just the harm, but it's, I thought I could trust you. I thought we had a certain type of connection. And now I'm doubting that. So how can we start to repair that? And so starting with the people who were harmed, doing that work internal and or in a one-on-one um, can really help to shape how they experience what's just happened and how they process to then come back to the people who were harmed to process further with their consent without re-traumatizing them. Sometimes that fear of, oh, I don't want to make this worse. You know, what if it gets worse? Oh, I'd better just avoid them. Avoidance is a really normalized mm -hmm. way that things get dealt with, actually, in the dominant world exactly. culture. So one of my favorite talking pieces to use is by our late, great Lord and Savior, Audrey. And it says, your silence will not protect you, Audrey Lord. And I use that talking piece in circles where I want to encourage us to speak truth to power and to name and normalize that our experience is worthy of sharing. And not only do I use this as a talking piece, but I have several of the buttons around my house and at my desk, because when I'm sending this email, I need to be reminded, right? My silence will not protect me, right? And so in dealing with conflict and especially around accountability, there is this tendency to say, like you said, I don't want to make things worse. So I'll avoid, right? And that's the thing that makes it worse, because a lot of times when people come to me to process that they have been harmed, it's rarely just one thing happened and so I need to talk about it. It's this thing happened and then nothing was done. So oftentimes I'm not even doing most of the work on the actual harm. It's the inaction after that. You know, how many of us have been in situations where someone disclosed a harm or have experienced a harm, whether we've caused it or we were a bystander to it, but we don't necessarily know 
how to either intervene or how to support the person who was harmed. Or maybe it's our friend who made the comment. I have this infographic with supportive tools, restorative tools to be able to respond to those harms in ways that feel healing, right? Again, it's about self-reflection, self-awareness, creating space for people to feel like, okay, I can, I can process this. There's so much healing in that. That was Michelle Strange, Director of Restorative Practices at Bellevue College. You can access links to some of the infographics that Strange described and more information about the program at kbcs.fm. For more KBCS stories and to support our work with a donation, you can visit kbcs.fm.